Welcome to the 365 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Murphy, here with Riley Martin, and we are back after a small hiatus due to Easter weekend. We all went home, so we didn't have a chance, an opportunity to record. So we're just going to catch up on pretty much everything we could. It's a big week in sports this week. Uh, the NFL draft, of course, happening yesterday, as we definitely have some opinions about that. Um, NBA, NF- NBA, NHL playoffs are in full swing. Some crazy games in both sports, some great series in both sports. And the MLB is still in full swing. A lot of crazy things happening, like Vlad, Vlad Jr., a lot of rookies stepping up. There's just so much to talk about. But first, we're going to start off with Game of Thrones again, as this is huge too, as the highly anticipated Battle of Winterfell is on Sunday night. And there has been a lot of speculation about who's going to be dead this coming weekend. And for me, the biggest person I think will be one of the biggest things that I think two people I think there's no way they're going to survive is Theon, as he's escaped death way too many times. And I feel like they're going to find a way for his character arc to like go out with honor, something that he was looking to find ever since he betrayed the Starks. And also Grey Worm, because Grey Worm uh, in episode two was talking about how he wanted to come back to Winterfell after, this, after uh, giving Daenerys the throne. And after they won the battle with the White Walkers and obviously with Cersei and the Golden Company. And I just feel like that's kind of like a foreshadowing to, all right, that's not going to happen. I feel like Grey, Grey Worm is going to die, probably saving Missandei's life. So that's pretty much just two. I can definitely still see a lot more, but those are like the two biggest uh, thoughts in my head about who's going to die this upcoming weekend. I mean, I to agree with you on Theon there. I mean, they're pretty much just sending him out there to guard the bait against the Night King and... I mean, as far as we know, nobody's even managed to damage the Night King, even emotionally. Mm-hmm. So, like, you see, like, in, in the uh, trailer for the preview for Episode 3, Theon and the Ironborn, they're just kind of sitting around, you know, doing absolutely nothing. You see him just with a flame, with a bow and arrow, and the arrow's on fire. Like, mm-hmm. you really think you're going to take down the Night King and his dragon with that? Like, it's just kind of, I can see him dying. He doesn't really contribute to the storyline anymore. Uh... And my number two pick, I'm going to disagree with you on Grey Worm. I'm saying Brianna Tar. Yeah, I could see that too, definitely. She uh, she got what she wanted. She is now uh, Sir Brianna Tar. Sir Brianna Tar. She be- finally became Lady knighted sir. by Jamie. Would it be Lady Sir? or? I uh, they just know. said Sir in the, the show. Yeah. I, yeah. But uh, she finally got knighted. And, I mean, ultimately, she also doesn't really like contribute to the storyline that much anymore. She's yeah. just kind of like a badass fighter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's kept her oath. She's always kept her oath. That was a big thing about her. And she, the, all, another thing another thing that was going for her is she always wanted to be a knight. So now that once she's knighted, the only thing else she has going for her is her, like, the kind of, like, I don't want to say sexual tension because that's not what it is at all. But, like, the kind of like the, the, um, like the love, like the unspoken connection between Brianna Tarth and Jamie Lannister and I feel like the only way that's going to end is with the death of one of them. And since Jamie, I feel, is so much more important in the story, that just it just makes much more sense for Brienne of Tarth to be the one to Yeah, and I pass mean, away. it goes back to like our whole talk about Azor High. Jamie Lannister could be it. Mm-hmm. The woman he loved, Azor High, had to stick the sword through it yeah. in order for you know the sword to become Lightbringer. Ultimately, that could happen. Brienne of Tarth dies, Jamie has to stick his sword. Yeah, his kill, Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. She becomes a white. And he has to kill her, you know, yeah, that save would be... the person you love, but in the process, make Lightbringer. Yeah. And, I mean, it does kind of, like, it, it, he didn't die technically, but, I mean, losing his hand, his sword hand, that kind of goes back to almost kind of like a metaphorical death. He kind of was reborn after that. Yeah. He wasn't that, like, douchebag that everyone hated. Oh, yeah. He had a great, him Him and Theon probably had two of the best character arcs in the story. Yeah. How Theon kind of went from just, like... The kid with the Starks, all the way to betraying the Starks, to what the torture he went through, to what how reek. yeah, coming reek, Not even and then anymore. and then he went back to the Iron Islands, and he was kind of like a coward. He wanted to fight for his sister, and then he saved his sister, and now he's going to fight for the Starks. There's just a lot going on for Theon, and it just seems like right now there's not enough. I, like the, he, they kind of played out his character as much as they possibly could, which he was, he was never like one of the main characters in the show, but he's always a good character, a good, good character, for character. yeah, great supporting character. Another thing I wanted to say, when a lot of people when they're talking about the deaths, they talk about um, Tormund Giants Bane, they talk about Grey Worm, they talk about Davos, they talk about Brienne of Tarth. However, no one's talking about any main characters. Like, and I don't think it's gonna be Jon Snow, Daenerys, uh, Daenerys Targaryen. However, I do believe that, and I don't even know who, but I feel like 
they're gonna they have done it in the past they're gonna throw like a curveball at us and kill off a main character and we're just gonna be completely dazed and confused about it yeah i mean it's i'll agree with you on that one the main character could get killed off like you know curveball like for all we know it could be the Nerys. like mm-hmm. you know kind of go back to the whole zora high thing forming lightbringer john snow the woman he loves gets killed turns a white he kind of you know yeah gets rid of her after that mm-hmm. so i mean it's the woman he loves and then lightbringer is formed and one of the characters like the main characters of the show that people aren't talking about which i could possibly maybe see is sam Mal tarley and i know like a lot of people don't like they're saying no he's like great um he for he had a great character arc too he came yeah. kind of came from like like everyone kind of thought he would die in like the first few episodes when he came on the show yeah. and he was like he's he's in the end however now like, he told he did he did his like latest duty he told um john snow about what about his true identity as aegon targaryen and now Samuel Tarly, even though he's he shows that um or he's still seen not I wouldn't say necessarily as a coward but like weak people don't see him as a true fighter, and I think maybe in the Battle of Winterfell to show that he's actually a true fighter and because he knows he believes he can do things and he's strong and he can save people, and it might be for Gilly and uh, little little Sam, I think maybe he'll try to he'll save them save their lives but in the same time at the same time. He also may himself. sacrifice himself, and I feel like that would be a good thing for his, for his like pride and his honor. And now, even though he's gone, it it took it took his death for people to realize that he was a warrior and he was somebody that could, that was yeah, pretty much a warrior. Well, I mean, like going back on that, like how people don't really recognize him as a warrior. We saw it even in the last episode where they were doubting him. He's, yeah, I was exactly. the first kill away. I killed a Then Yeah, and they're like, you, okay. And blah, blah, blah. I was, I survived like the first of the first. So, I mean, obviously he's not just some nobody. He has some kind of skill. He can, he can fend for himself. Yeah. And I've got no, there's no doubt in my mind that he'll survive Battle of Winterfell because if you ever like really look into these theories and get really deep into it, like about how it's being told, it's being told from Samuel Tarly. Yeah, That's I've, where, I've seen that like, theory too. I could actually see that happening. Like, this is all just kind of, like, some story, like, being told By to him. some kid. Yeah. Like, to little Sam. Yeah. Um, maybe that's uh, maybe that's why Samuel Tarly was, like, he I kind of, like, stresses how, shows, maybe how that shows how he's doing all this stuff, like, killing Fen, killing the White Walker. And he's kind of, like, emphasizing the fact that people didn't believe in him and stuff like that. So that that is good, too. Um, again, I, I, it may or may not be Samuel Tarly. But I still would not be surprised at all if some character no one expecting to die is going to die. Yeah. Because I mean, that's what they do. That's what they've been doing. They throw in a curveball. If, it wouldn't be as good of a show it is as if you can predict every single death. Yeah. I mean, keep you on your toes in mm-hmm. a good way. All right. So we're at – so that's pretty much it for the Game of Thrones talk. There wasn't too much to talk about other than the deaths that's going on for um, – for, Game of Thrones. So we're at eight minutes and fifteen seconds. I'm just gonna record that timestamp so we can get on with it. And now we're gonna talk about probably the biggest thing, the thing we'll spend the most time on today is the NFL draft. And Giants fan myself, I'm not happy at all. <laughs> I think Dave Gettleman is an idiot. Um I think he's racist. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just a moron. I think Dan no like literally thirty one out of thirty two teams would not have Daniel Jones as the second best quarterback in the draft. But the Giants are the one. And within the Giants' recent history, I don't think that's a good thing. I think I, – I don't even know. Like, me, I'm – obviously, I'm not going to root against the guy because I want to see my team succeed. I want to see him succeed. But I just feel like he was not the best player on the board, especially when you had Josh Allen on the board too. I've, and Dwayne Josh Haskins. Allen, Dwayne Haskins too. Th- that's the thing. And if even if they, like, really wanted – um. Daniel Jones, even if that was still their guy, Dwayne Haskins wasn't taken until 15. Yeah, no, you easily could have flipped their picks, their first-round picks. We definitely could have done that. Easily. Um, down my mind, those should have been flipped. If we took Dwayne Haskins first in the, with the fifth pick, or with the sixth pick, and then we got whoever we get, we did whatever we did, I feel like this would have been a good draft. Um, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is necessarily a top a top five, top ten pick. any of the QBs in this draft are really anything special. Yeah, um, I don't really think they're a top five, top ten pick, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable with Dwayne Haskins than Daniel Jones. I mean, the guy doesn't have—he has a long delivery, which in this one, defensive linemen are coming through the line like that is 
not a good thing to have. And he doesn't have the best arm strength. And, I mean, arm strength in the NFL these days is like having power in the MLB. Like, that's what they want, a quarterback. Um, I mean, yeah, he's accurate, but he's played he's he played three years under whoever the Duke coach is, which I kind of just looked into. Apparently, he's a really good coach. I mean, they say he's not a finished product, but I feel like... to Eli. He's, they say he's very close with Manning, so, I mean... That's kind of where I can see the only reason why you're going over yeah. him over Haskins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can ta- you can definitely take him seven. And I I guess I kind of understand. Like I'm trying to look at the bright side of things here because there really isn't many. I mean, if you want a QB, if the quarterback's your guy, you're gonna take him with your first pick if he's there, especially because it's the most important position on the football field. It's just Gettleman was like, we're gonna take the best player necessary or the best player available in the draft. So that. And obviously, it's not a question that the best player available in the draft was Josh Allen. But they took Daniel Jones. And honestly, after especially after the Raiders took, um, who they take? Flip, the guy from Clemson, Farrell. right? The edge. I mean, he's, he, he was wasn't projected. Was yeah, it was, he was not projected to go in the top four, top five. Everyone was shocked about it. He's inconsistent. Uh, Kid from Clemson, even Josh Allen, I don't really like that much. He's, I think he's got bust written all over him. But going back to the whole Jan- Daniel Jones thing, like you know, a little side comment. I think Gettleman's pretty racist. <laughs> got rid of Odell, Snacks, and Cal- and uh, Lane Collins, and draft a white QB. So they no longer have a culture problem. I mean, you know, it's a little shady over there. It is. I mean, I actually listened to um, an interview about why he took Daniel Jones, and it was he I sounded like an idiot. Yeah, like I. He goes. What do you say? Like, I could get hit by a car tomorrow. Like, well, that had nothing to That's, do with the. It's that no was, excuse. He literally sounded like he had like dementia or Alzheimer's or something. Like, like speaking. Something. He sounded like he was just on a completely another level of thinking. He goes. He goes. Eli might be able to be starting for the next three years. He goes. Then why did you draft Daniel Jones if he's going to be your guy for? Which is crazy because like if yeah. you're going to use him the next three years, and why would you take a quarterback in a weak quarterback draft? Even if we're going to suck the next three years, and with Eli, whatever, we'll take a good quarterback when the time comes. But now we just rush to – well, last year would have been the best time for us to take a quarterback. But at least with Saquon Barkley, you get a, one of the most talented running backs in the league. But this year, you just kind of rush on – you can, like, rebuild your defense, maybe trade for Josh Rosen. Then at least you have a possibility of having a, a, a good diamond in the rough, a good quarterback for the next few years until you're ready to get another one. But I'm just found completely bewildered by this um, this scenario. Uh, well, I mean, let's go over to the number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. I mean, what do you think of him? No, I don't like him either. I mean, I just think he's all hype. He's just a hype train. He's all hype. He's had one season. I know like, yeah. you really can't judge a lot off that because I give Josh Rosen like, a lot of credit because he got handed such a shitty offense. But, I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray got in a, one of the best offenses in college. Against some of the worst defenses. Yes, yeah, it's, you know, Big 12. Like, that's like, what defense is that? that's like being on the Patriots and playing the Browns. Well, not the Browns now. Who is this shit? The Giants. Like, being on the Patriots and playing the Giants defense it's every game. It's like being but on the Patriots and playing against the New Jersey Institute for the blind and deaf. <laughs> There's literally no defense in that. The fact that, Nick, Bo- the knack- the fact that Nick Bosa wasn't the first overall pick in that draft is pathetic, in my opinion. Kyler Murray is not. He, he's just all hyped to his name. At best, I feel like you should be a second rounder. A second rounder. At best. Yeah. Um. Devin White's a guy I like. I always like linebacker, young linebackers. Um, I liked Roquan Smith. Devin White's very good. Vander Ish. Uh, who's uh, who's the guy on the Colts? What's his name? Darius Leonard. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Like they're good players. Like usually linebackers from in the first round or turn out to play very well. Uh, let's go over. We skipped over a pretty big pick, Quinn Williams. Quinn Williams. I did. To the Jets. I mean, Mr. Braceface. Big baby. Big imagine, baby. You could say That's that all nickname. you want, but imagine a three hundred pound man. Coming to just destroy you. And he has braces. He laughs at your face with his braces on too after he sacks you. <laughs> no, that's a good pick. Special mouth guard in. I mean, I the mean, uh, Jets doing something about his teeth, unlike Aaron Judge. That kid, that he needs adult braces big time. All right, well, Aaron Judge is one of the faces of baseball, so yeah, he's about to be the next big thing. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is already the big thing. He's, be the, he's the biggest big athlete in New York right now. Quinn Williams would be the next big thing because you know what. Because he's he a is. monster and he's in the New York market. Yeah, that's true. You know, if, he, was, if we're gonna go like next, big I, all right. Well, Pete like, Alonso's baseball is the next big thing. It's not gonna beat Aaron Judge. He's not gonna be bigger than Aaron Judge. Yeah, you, you never know. 
Unless Aaron Judge, I mean, unless Aaron Judge finally fixes his teeth. No, that's not that's say? not what I was gonna say. He needs adult braces, big time. No, time back. <laughs> I was saying Aaron Judge. I mean, he, one, he's in New York Yankees, which is a bigger market than the New York Mets. Even though New York Mets is still a big market, the New sure. York Yankees is a big market. Yeah, it would be sad to say, I think it would be as well. Okay. Alonzo, animal. All right. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, criticizing you by saying that at all. I'm just saying that being a part of the Yankees will make you more marketable playing for the Mets. Like, if Aaron Judge was on the Mets, he would not be as big as he was playing for the Yankees. Yeah, well, because he'd actually be playing in a re- regular-sized field. He's practically playing in a Pop Warner field, like a Little League field. <laughs> you'd have more luck trying to do T-ball with him. Yeah, you're probably right. But, I don't know, Aaron, Aaron Judge still has some big boy power. Um... The Lions took a tight end, uh, T.J. Hawkinson from Iowa. Stud. He is, he's yeah. He, I think he was like he's the highest tight end to go since like 2006. I read I from mean, Vernon Iowa Davis. Just breeds tight ends. Yeah, that, that is their thing. Mm-hmm. Big Big Ten school, always a good school to take from. It's very balanced. Um, Bills Ed Oliver. I mean, if the Jets didn't get Quinn Williams, or if they didn't trade back, Ed Oliver is a good pick. I was yeah. either between Quinn Williams or Ed Oliver if they didn't trade. Ed Oliver is a machine. He can put. Really, you can send him out to linebacker. He's that athletic, but he's also just a freak inside. Yeah, he's he's going to be a good player. Um, taking out the Giants' first pick, their sixth pick, I think they did a pretty all right job with the rest of the draft. Seventeen, they took Dester Lawrence from Clemson, who is an an he's a beast. Um, he's a he's like a really obviously defensive tackle. He's a really big guy, a lot of power, a lot of strength. Yeah, I mean, you can't just take with six overall pick though, especially That's when bad. you could have taken Dexter Lawrence six and Daniel Jones at seventeen. Yeah, easily. Or we could have just taken Josh Allen and then, or we could just did Josh Allen, Dexter Lawrence, and then got Josh Rosen for. You could have done what the, the fucking Cardinals are doing. They what they were asking for a third round for Josh Rosen. Could just toss one of those. I know. That's that's. Like, I mean, what we eventually did. Embarrassing. <laughs> and then our thirtieth pick, the Giants. What they did was they traded. They traded their third rounder. What did, no, no, no. They traded a second rounder and I think two fifth rounders for the thirtieth pick and got DeAndre Baker from Georgia. So what I was thinking is they saw DeAndre, but he was the first corner to be taken off the board. I guess they saw him dropping, and they said, "You know what? We really like this guy." It was something they, it was somebody they really wanted, but they just didn't see him falling to a, one of their picks. And I feel like once he got to a certain spot, he's like, "All right, if we can probably trade for him and trade up." Um, Giants don't have great luck with corners in the draft. Is their last one they drafted was Eli Apple, who we all know turned out terrible on the Giants. But I don't know. DeAndre Baker, he had a great year at Georgia. He won, uh, or he was the most outstanding corner i think it was corner and it might be defensive back but we was like the most outstanding corner in uh, college last year and he also was the um he also uh, played in the sec which is the best conference in college football so it's not like he's playing garbage yeah, he's, competition. yeah he's, he's not, not playing, playing garbage competition like old dominion yeah four, four times a year yeah he's playing in alabama he's playing auburn he's playing some some of the top wide receivers in the, st- in the nation uh, another pick I, I really like was Green Bay Packer. Uh, 20th, 21st overall, they take Donald Savage yeah. out of Maryland. He's an absolute freak at safety. Yeah, they, their good. defense is very He's, improved this year. I mean, they, they had so many problems at the safety last year. Oh, yeah. And it showed. They got exposed every time. On. Oh, yeah. That, the addition of Savage. And they got, Adrian, so they got Adrian Amos, too. So, actually, yeah. their safety in the next well, coming years. He's more of a He doesn't mm-hmm. really... You know? Yeah, he doesn't cover as much. He's more of a, I mean, he's a strong safety. That's more yeah. what they do. They're more of a... But... Instant kind of guy, but... Yeah. Um, if I was a Green Bay Packers fan, I'd be very happy with my pick last Oh, time. yeah. Oh, they, they could be a good team in the near future. I think Aaron Rodgers can win another Super Bowl with that team. It's depending on how the defense turns out. With Depends who, on how the offense turns out. Well, it's if Aaron... Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Rodgers was playing with a broken foot last year. You, a, you have a new coordinator, though. Yeah. Do everything, basically. You need... It's gonna work out. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, that's right. Um, who do, did they lose anyone on offense? They lost someone. No, I, I knew they meant Jordy. They still have Devontae Adams. They might have lost Randall Cobb. Um, okay, so I see your lap. But you're ready to talk about when we get to baseball. <laughs> Pete Alon- more Pete Alonzo. Um, so which uh, receivers? I want to talk about the receivers real quick. Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. You know the concerns about uh, like his 
weight and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's at I think he's better than uh, what's the guy? DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. I think yeah. DK Metcalf was way overrated coming into this draft. Yeah. Did he get drafted? No. No. Didn't yeah. even go in the first round. The kid from Arizona State, Nikhil Harry, who's dropping. He's like a top two wide receiver. For now him. he is Tom Brady throwing to him. Yeah. I'm so pissed about that. I really want him to go to the Jets like in the third round because mm-hmm. that's where he's projected to fall. Yeah. But, but obviously, Belichick sees something in him. But if you go to DK Metcalf, this freaking three-cone drill was slower than Tom Brady's. And Tom Brady ran around like, like a chicken without his head. Oh, yeah. Well, Tom, Tom Brady's draft was terrible. That's why he got taken 199th overall. Yeah. But, I mean, like, as a receiver, you're telling me you can't do these quick slants and all that stuff? You can only yeah. go for the deep ball? Yeah. I, that's embarrassing. That is. Because, I mean, if you all you can do is ca- catch a deep ball, I mean, yeah, maybe you'll get some touchdowns. But, I mean, you'll be nothing more in than a deep fa- ball. In this fast-paced offense that's developing, it's not going to work out uh-huh. in the long run. Mm-hmm. You have to be dual. Occasional deep pass. You have to be, like, a dual threat. You have to be able to run short routes, long routes, all that type of stuff. I mean, like... The only way you're going to see those deep threats succeed if they can also play do run some slants, like Odell, Tyree Kill. That they, they are some very good vertical threat options. Even Nikhil Harry. Yeah. He's an animal off the catch. Once he catches that ball, you can pretty much guarantee at least three, four yards after. Mm-hmm. I mean, like looking at his highlights. I watch Arizona State all season and look mm-hmm. at the highlights. He's an animal. Yeah. There's just nothing you can do to stop him. He's he made OBJ's a you know one-handed catch. I don't know if you were watching his highlight reel. I mean, it looked like it was, like, practice. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, li- he literally got horizontal with the ground, one-handed, caught it, and just brought it in. Like, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, he practices that every day. All right. So, um, is there any more, like, key players you want to bring? Uh, Josh Jacobs, I guess we could talk about, went to the Raiders. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is retiring again. Uh, they really don't have any good running backs. Oh, do they have like Doug Martin? And don't they they signed somebody, but I think it was like another old guy. We got no. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is retired for how long this time? We'll find out. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think he'll be done for good now. Cause I feel like he thought he was gonna come back and be a beast, kind of like he, how he went out, but he wasn't. So he's like, you know what? I might as well just stay stay away. I like Josh Jacobs, but I mean, mm-hmm. now that he's off the board, the yeah. next guy I want is a kid from Memphis, Damian. What was it? Henderson. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I think he's going to be stud. He was falling in the uh, draft boards, too. Like yeah. A lot. But, I mean, Memphis was a really, like, dominant run offense, and he carried that team. I think he's going to be very good. Would like for him to fall out of, you know, the Jets or anyone around them. Because mm-hmm. I think he's going to be very good from day one. I still can't believe the Giants took Daniel Jones. I mean, let's go to what they could have had. The latest news, as of now, we don't know if it's official yet, but Miami Dolphins will acquire Josh Rosen for their second overall pick, number forty-eight in the draft. That's a good move. I mean, who who they they drafted? Who they draft? Christian Wilkins from Clemson. Yeah, yeah, he was a, he's a beast too. I mean, their defense is getting pretty good. If they get Wil- if Wilkins pans out, they got Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, they still have Cameron Wake, veteran. Uh, defensive yeah, end. But, I mean, also, brand new coaching system coming in. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to throw that in there a little yeah. bit. It's going to throw them off. But, ultimately, like, this is a big shock. Because mm-hmm. with the signing of Fitzpatrick especially, you, I think almost every single bu- every single person was convinced they were, you know, tanking for Tua or Sunshine in the next couple of years. Yeah. Just, tra- like, tanking for a better QB. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're basically giving up, like, a 48 overall pick to take like a top 10 pick a year after the just played one season with a shitty offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a steal. Yeah, no, it is. I thought the Cardinals were going to go for him. You know, give up like a third round for him. But, got beat to the punch. I just can't believe that the Cardinals took a quarterback last year just to take another one this year. Like, they gave up on him already. Yeah. But, at the same time, I feel like if the Giants I mean, did that a, now, I'd be happy about it. Ultimately, going into the draft, it was a lose-lose situation for the Cardinals, in my opinion. Yeah. Either. I mean, I think they could have taken Nick Bosa. I feel like that'd be the if best. If you pick take though. Nick Bosa, then you just kind of let Josh Rosen hang on this whole time, teasing. Oh, we're gonna get Kyler. Oh, never mind. We're gonna get Nick Bosa now. Yeah. But now you took Kyler. It's a slap in the face of the program. I mean, mm-hmm. I get saying that you want Cliff Kingsbury to develop a QB from the start, but yeah, Josh Rosen only had a year under his belt. You really don't have that excuse. 
Yeah, no, he had a year, a year, and it wasn't a very good year, and it, it was a very, year. it was shitty offense. It was an offense that was in shambles. Yeah, he just kind of got dealt the short straw. Yeah, and it's just he's in a tough spot, and you never know. He, hopefully, Miami's a good spot for him. At least he's in some warm weather, you know. Well, I mean, think about it. it's three, uh, four, of the QB strapped last year: Baker, Josh, Sam, and Josh, and Lamar, all on the East Coast now. Yeah. Lamar. Lamar is Lamar. I don't. I don't like. Him. I don't like him either. I think he. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's he, not. He's a scramble QB. Mm-hmm. The Ravens' offensive defense is elite. That's why he looks good. Yeah, they, they have a great defense, and defense they have some good weapons. Sh- they have some. They they have a good running game. Um, great running. Harbaugh game. is an amazing coach. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's a defense. product of a system. He's like Tom Brady, but he has legs. <laughs> um, so. That's a lot about the draft, so I guess we'll start with the NHL playoffs. Cause just because there was a ton going on. Bunch of Game 7s, bunch of insane games. I think we'll start with the best of the best. Let's go Sharks, Golden Knights. Uh, Sharks, no, I'm sorry. Golden Knights, 3 nothing lead into the in the third period. of con- Very controversial because... Um, the cross-check. About yeah, the, the cross-check, which should have been about... It should have been a two-minute minor. It should have been a two-minute minor. It was called for a five-minute major, and then within five that minute time major period... Five-minute major, a game infraction. Yeah. So, it really... It gave, basically, if you don't pay attention to hockey, it gave San Jose a power play for five minutes. They're a man up. They put in three goals right off the bat. Just boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And tied it up real quick. And then also, if it's a two-minute minor, once you score a goal, it's the end of the penalty. However, if it's a five-minute major, then if you score a goal, you still have to play the rest of the penalty out. So if you either if you score in a minor, if you score a goal with a minute in, it's back to the full strength. However, if you do it with with a major, if you score a goal, you still have to play the rest of the timeout for the penalty. I mean, ultimately, I don't think that would have been a five-minute major if Pavleski hadn't gone down and cracked his head on the ice. Yeah. If there wasn't blood, I think it would have just called it a two-minute minor. That's probably what it was, and they just kind of like yeah. said, all right, this is... They probably definitely just saw that, but um, it was still an incredible game to watch. Great game um, to watch. I mean, went into overtime. Series great series. Yeah, all the series were great. Uh, very a lot of shocks. We didn't yeah. talk about see, some of the upsets, all such the as series. There was. <coughs> I didn't like all the underdogs win. Just about all the yeah, all the uh, wild cards advance. All the what? Mm-hmm. Um, the Penguins got swept. Their reign of terror hopefully has come to an end. Yeah, well, I mean, the Lightning got swept. The Lightning got swept. They that was a, not a single person predicted the Lightning to get swept, let alone lose. Three or four series that went to seven. Yeah, there so, was. I mean, just Maple Leafs. Looking at that, that's just an exciting mm-hmm. playoffs to watch. Maple Leafs, Bruins, Hurricanes, Capitals, Capitals, Night Sharks. Night Sharks. Yeah, three series. And who's the um, guy in Carolina that's like. Mr. Game 7. Is that Justin Williams? I believe so. Yeah, because I, I always knew that um, he always, like, turns up in Game 7s and he doesn't lose them, like, ever. I mean... Um, I'll ch- I'm going to check his uh, Game 7 stats. He has an 8-1 record when playing in Game 7s, and he actually earned the nickname. Justin Williams, yeah, Mr. Game 7. Yep, he has 15 points in those Game 7s, so that's... Well, I mean, going into that, the Capitals were on, like, a 7-0 undefeated streak at home in the playoffs, mm-hmm. so... To go into that and yeah, win double OT, yeah, that's that's a big big win. Yeah, and I'm good. I'm looking forward to that Hurricanes Islanders series. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good one. That Avalanche Sharks should be good, but I mean ultimately, there's a bunch of good series coming out right now. Definitely, yeah. It's definitely gonna be fun to watch. I'd recommend tuning in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of good series in hockey right now. Um, tonight at seven and tonight at ten. Seven o'clock is the Hurricane and Islanders, right? Yeah, seven Hurricane Islanders, mm-hmm. ten Avalanche Sharks. Or Avalanche Sharks. West Coast, it is seven for you. I think, um, especially after like the performance they had, I know they have a history of choking, but I think this could be the Sharks' year this year, and I really do want to see them want, turn out to win it because Joe Thornton is a great player, probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I think he should. I think he, someone just like Henrik Lundqvist, is like one of those guys that. Really deserves a really deserves a ring. It really deserves to hold up the Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah, I could see that, but I mean, it's gonna be hard. Pavelski's in concussion protocol. Yeah, he got he got rocked. 
Yeah, and, and it's hard to win without your captain. That's true. Especially when Pavlovsky plays such an important role on that team. Yeah, he definitely does. And um, it's like the glue. And hockey too. It's like you. It's so unpredictable. Like how there's so many hot streaks, cold streaks. So when you lose a guy like Pavelski, I mean, it's a lot harder to go on a hot streak because he's like the captain. He's the leader of that team. Um, hopefully, someone can, else can turn up too, or hopefully, he if they win this series, maybe he'll come back for the next one. But um, they, who are they playing? You said the Avalanche. Sharks playing the Avalanche. Yeah, so um, the Avalanche are going to be a hard team to beat. Did they they beat the Flames, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the Flames were the one seed. Yeah, it was the it was like the worst seed versus the best seed, and the Flames Flames lost, just like every other one seed did. Um, Uh, yesterday the Blues played the Stars. They won three two, final regular time, and Bruins beat the Blue Jackets three two in OT. I think the Blues won that series. The against the Stars. Blues against the Stars. I, 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 I'm going to go Stars. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, I think it can go either way. Yeah, I know. I, see, like, the, these, the, these hockey these games, games are very, very are hard to predict match. because yeah. you never know. just a much better spread of talent yeah. throughout the league. Mm-hmm. You don't have super teams. You don't. But And it makes it a lot more fun to watch. I mean, the NBA now. I mean, the first round of the NBA, yeah, it's, it's whatever. But the second round can... Any second round can go either way. And, and any series in the second round is pretty easily. I'll predict it right now. Let's see. We're going to go Raptors, Sixers, Raptors. Bucks. Bucks over Celtics, just like that. Bucks over Celtics, just like that. Giannis right. is playing on fire. Raptors over the Sixers. I mean, the Celtics are turning up too. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're all playing great. Uh, who's it? Spurs Nuggets. Spurs Nuggets is this. This is going to Game Seven. Game Seven. So they, the winner of that plays the Trailblazers. I'm taking the Nugs, and we have Clippers Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the first round too, and that's going to Game round, Six. But yeah. the second round will be the Rockets Warriors. I, that's going to be the, probably the best series over. That's probably going to be the best series, and because I don't think the Rockets are going to go down that easy. They just destroyed a great defensive team, in. The Jazz. They they lost one game, and that's because just they probably just didn't care. They're gonna be going up against a very deep team, as in from beyond the arc with the Warriors. That's true, but their the Warriors defense right now is playing like crap. And if you're playing someone you like James Harden, play like crap when you're up in the series. Yeah. And when you know you're gonna win no matter what in the first round, you can afford to play like crap. Get out all these like butterflies, all these you know, kick the rust out of your joints and shit. Yeah, but, but I mean, second when it comes to the second round, they're gonna just turn it on. Yeah, but they just went to they, in the Western Conference Finals. They went to seven games with the the Rockets too. I mean, the Rockets can easily win that series. They've shown they're able to beat the Warriors. And the only a lot of people say the only reason why they did lose that game is because they lost their most valuable playmaker. They lost Chris Paul, who was a huge part of that offense to create plays for other players, and that showed because Chris Paul because that they didn't make a three point shot because. Chris Paul is very good at creating space for other players. I mean, if you look, or if you, if everyone's healthy, it's a very similar team to the Rockets this year than it was last year. I mean, you got Chris Paul back, Clint Capello back. You had a great 3 and D player, P.J. Tucker, James Harden. And this is definitely a team, especially when the Warriors are not at their best, which right now they're definitely not. Um, they can definitely beat the Warriors. And, the, and another thing that I think is affecting the Warriors is – Chemistry. You have kept talks about Kevin Durant leaving. You have talks about Klay Thompson leaving. They're not in a place that they were last year when it was just fun and games. Everyone were best friends. Like Kevin Durant is not going to be on that team next year. Um, Demarcus Cousins is injured. That's affecting them too. They, there's a lot of problems going on in the, the the Golden State locker room that the the Rockets just don't have because they're James Harden's playing the best basketball of his life. He's the second best player in the league, at least right now. Um, if we were to go over onto the talks of chemistry, you can't argue that because the Celtics are arguably the worst chemistry in the last decade of any team. Yeah. And they showed what team that they could be in this series. I mean, they just were dominant. They were. They were 100. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw, you can't really argue chemistry. Yeah. They, I mean, they at the same time, they played the Pacers, which was the worst team in the playoffs. Still, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you, if you don't trust the guy next to you, are you going to just. It's you can't argue chemistry. It's just, yeah, it's important. But when it comes down to it, when you're a winning team, 
It doesn't matter. Then if it doesn't matter, then the Warriors would not be down or they wouldn't be up 3-2 to the Clippers. They would have swept them. They wouldn't have blown a 31-point lead. You, you think if the Warriors saw they were up by 31, then they were up by, then they were up by 10, they would have just turned it back on and been up by another 10? No, they couldn't get back into it, and there has to be an issue there. They didn't just, they All didn't want to... All I'm wanna... saying is even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. I mean, yeah, they'll get the occasional win, but ultimately Golden State's going to win. Watch when they play. They play tomorrow? They... The, the Warriors play the Clippers tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow, so... Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Spurs Nuggets Oh, tomorrow. Sunday? Oh, Spurs Nuggets tomorrow, yeah. Watch Sunday. They're just going to come out and go off. I can. I could see that. They're probably going to shoot make, a bunch of threes. They're going to make the, what was it, 22-2 to two lead against Brooklyn with the Sixers. They're going to make that look like child's play. All right, we'll see. I mean, the Clippers are playing their best basketball, too. I mean, this is definitely the Warriors at probably their worst, and this is definitely the Clippers at probably their best. However, I mean, confidence goes down too if you're playing a team as hot as the Rockets and you just have a, if you just have a, um, a really shaky series against the eight seed, which the Clippers, with no star. I mean, tremendous coaching, and that's probably why they're doing so well. Is because Doc Rivers knows how to exploit their weaknesses, and that's probably why they're not playing defense so well because Doc Rivers is a tremendous coach and he is able to exploit that. But I forgot exactly where I was going from there. Um, but yeah, again, the Rockets are the Rockets are hot. The Warriors are not. I definitely can see the Rockets winning that series. I think the Rockets are going to win championships this year. I'll hold you to that word. I mean, I know it's I know it's going off on a stretch, but I can 100% see it happening. They're coming. They're definitely coming for a vengeance. They, I think they have a lot more to play for than the Warriors do, and they're just gonna. If no one gets hurt, I feel like they're gonna. Take it. Right, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um. Oh, I mean, I guess we could talk about um the Warriors, not the Warriors, the Thunder Blazers for just a little bit because I mean it happened a few days ago, but we never talked about it. Um, Damian Lillard with probably one of the best playoff performances in recent history drops fifty points. In and I, if you, I mean, I feel like. At this point in time, you definitely saw his game-winning shot, but it was just insane, unbelievable. There's like ten seconds left or whatever. Um, he dribbles the ball out, and he's he's not even like going up to the three-point line. He's standing close to half court, and he was like almost like he was like on by like the right side of the court, just chucks it up from literally almost half court. Paul George is playing like moderately decent defense. I mean, he's not like you know, playing like back, like you know, like, yeah, like yeah. Should. Yeah, he's like really he's to like him half court shot. like I'll, I'll like kind of keep a hand in the area, but I don't need to play like he doesn't want to play like lockdown defense just in case he gets past him. Yeah, you want to play on because just case he gets past him, gets an open shot. But Damian Lillard just shoots it from the arc anyway, and drains the three. Crowd goes crazy, and then Paul George is like, "It's a bad shot." Yeah, it's I mean, the bad shot, which it it is really. But I mean, if it's not it's not a high percentage shot, but it's I not mean, at all with ten second like. He shot up, what, like two, three seconds left? Yeah. Game's tied at 115. Either you make it or you go into OT. Yeah, you got Why not? It's your season's on the line. You got to play locked. You got to be all over him there. You can't give him any space, especially a guy like Damian Lillard, who is known for making these crazy shots. Especially when he was on fire from yeah. beyond the arc. Yeah, he, was, he, he had 47 what? points. If you have to lock down someone that has 47 points. And he made like 10 of them from beyond the arc. He made 10 threes from beyond the arc. He, he made so 30 points. Yeah, or from beyond the arc. He was on fire. He was making it's poor judgment by Paul George. He, he he was like, and he wasn't like just catch and shooting either. He was creating space, making shots. It was unbelievable. Um, it, it was just, just the series itself. It, it was entertaining, not because of like the games. The game was definitely the games that were played were very good games. However, unfortunately, it was only five. Um, it was also entertaining because of the trash talk between Westbrook and Lillard. It was just adding some more fuel to the fire. It was getting a lot of people involved into it. That's the reason why I got really. Really anticipate. I really anticipated the series. I really hoped it was going to go to seven, but I'll take five good games anyway. My favorite part about it is I'm more of a Lillard guy, much more of a Lillard guy than Westbrook. I'm not a Westbrook, Westbrook. fan. Um, and then he kind of like after he made the shot, just looks at Westbrook and the Thunder's bench goes, "See you later." I was just. Toodles, see you later. It was see so you. funny. <laughs> 
have um, fun watching a game from home. I mean, I'm going to disagree on that one. I hate Russell Westbrook. He's a drama queen. Yeah, he really is. He's just... If he doesn't get things going his way, he has to complain about it. And that entire time, I was rooting for mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, Blazers. I, think I, had him, I had him to win. The Blazers or the... The series. Yeah. Blazers to win. Because Oklahoma City, they're hot or cold. Yeah, I, 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 I thought the Thunder was going to win. Um, I thought they were going to hit or miss team. That they you really are find. exactly. Um, they could if they won that series and they were hot. They I think if they were hot, they can beat any team. They could take if the Warriors they won to seven. Series four one. If you win it, if you were going three two in this series, they they probably could have taken the thun- the Rockets or the Warriors to seven. I don't necessarily could have won, but if they're on their best basketball, they definitely could have. Yeah, and. The reason why I my reasoning why I thought the the Trailblazers was gonna lose because Yosef Nurkic was their center. He was hurt. He's out for the whole playoffs with his gruesome leg injury. But Ennis Cantor is playing great basketball. He's the great offensively. Criminal. He's great <laughs> Turkish. Yeah, Turkey wants him. But yeah, he's a um he's a beast. He's playing great basketball. He gets a lot of boards. Gets a lot of home, he hits. was he was hater on hits. New York. I'm talking for, about baseball. Yeah, you know just stupid reasons. Yeah. But, I mean, he was a great player. I genuinely enjoyed watching him play for the Knicks. And, obviously, you know, I would have liked to see him stay. Obviously, I would have liked to see Porzingis stay. But, mm-hmm. you know, things happen. Hopefully for the better. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, definitely. All right, so, last sport we're talking about. We got baseball. And biggest news in baseball right now, I would say, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr., number one prospect in baseball at the moment, is making his MLB debut tonight. I don't know who the Blue Jays are playing. Um, I think they're playing. Uh, they're playing the Athletics, who's fourteen and thirteen. The Blue Jays are eleven and fourteen. Um, so, Vlad Jr. Uh, how do you think he's gonna pan out? I mean, you know, it's hard to live up to the hype. It is. It's I I think he's gonna be a good player. I don't think he's gonna be regardless. But I don't think he's gonna be as good as especially on the Blue Jays. I don't really see the Blue Jays. You know. I mean any super caliber team. No, I mean that's true, but baseball isn't a sport where like you're it definitely I know it's necessarily not, it's not a team sport in a sense. Yeah. It's more like, you know, kinda one on one ish. Yeah. To an extent, but it does help if your team Yeah, it definitely does. Sport. Especially because when you look at it this way, if you have a team with stars, you can't like pitch around every star. Yeah. If you're the only like Mike Trout, which like, like he's the, the only yeah. the they have Bryce Harper, Hoskins, Segura, Romuto. They have Star lineup, which has been working for him so far. How you like paying all that money? But uh, yeah, like what you're saying with the Angels, Mike Trout, it's easy to pitch around him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's because the next guy you can pitch to, but like if you're pitching, or even like a fully healthy Yankees team, you have Aaron Judge, Stanton, Sanchez. If you're gonna pitch around Judge and walk him, can't do the same for Stanton. Can't can't do the same thing for Gary. Like it's something that like it's helpful for these players, and that's another reason why I like. I talked about Paul Goldschmidt, I, that, why I liked him, and he's killing it. He has a ton of home runs. He's killing it on the Cardinals because he, he is also he's, he's affected by that. Like Matt Carpenter, Marcelo Zuna, uh, Paul DeJong. These are a lot. These are better than any any hitters he's ever played with. Not ever. I'm not going to say that. Jake Lamb had some good years, on, but this is the best like supporting cast he's had in his career. Um, so, but I still see Vlad Guerrero being a great. I don't think maybe this year he might be a little shaky. But I still think he'll be like a 300 hitter, 25 home runs, 30 home runs. I still, I mean, obviously, granted, he's not going to be a great fielder as he, he, I mean, he plays the outfield, but I think he's going to be more typically a DH, especially he's going to probably stay a lot in the American League or take on first base if he goes to the National League. But hitting wise, I mean, I feel like he's like Miguel Cabrera almost, or he can be like a Miguel Cabrera type player. I mean,. I do think he's going to be good regardless, but I think he needs more time to develop. Yeah, um, yeah, I could you say can't, that. You can't like bring him up and expect him to solve all your problems, which I think is what people are kind of getting the idea of. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's not going to be the lord and savior of the Blue Jays franchise right from the get-go. Uh, uh, it's kind of it's tough to find players that you can bring up at 19 and have them be exceptional. Like Mike Trout was months. one. Mike Trout was one. Uh, who um, Tatis is doing was 20 years old. He's doing pretty well. Um, I can't really even think of that much more. There really aren't a lot. There's not, no. They are a rare breed. They're very rare breed. But usually, since they're that rare of a breed, when they come up that young, they're good because they don't, because uh, they don't, I don't know. They but, have time to develop against, yeah. you know, prof- 
Yeah, exactly. I want to say like they have like a lot of experience. By the, t- the minor leagues are professional. It's just a higher tier professional. Because when you think about it, if you're 19, 20 years old, by the time and if you're like starting in the majors, by the time you're 25, you had five years of major league experience. And for rookies like Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, um, I can't really think of much more. But there there are more. A lot, most rookies don't come up till around that age. When you're that age, 25, 24, 26, even you. you and you see, have these kids that are there since twenty years old. You're the same age, and this guy has six more, five, six more years of experience in the majors than you do, which is definitely a boost, yeah, especially like, at that age. What do you think you get more experience from? Like, getting pitch from Jacob Degrom or Joe Schmo? Joe Schmo, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you would say that. But going back to what you were saying last week about how Degrom's pretty much done for the season, he's starting tonight. He's off the aisle. I told you. Yeah, I told. Yeah, you did. He's you fine. Did. He you said did. he pitched a he pitched bullpen Sunday and said I feel fine. And yep. I mean, they just had to wait till Wednesday because that's when his last doctor's appointment was. See how he does. I mean, yeah. last his last few starts weren't too great. Well, shit um, happens. Yeah, finds a nut every once in a while. You're right. You're right. Um, so so the Yankees have I think thirteen players now on the IL. Team I'm injured. I mean, they're still 14-11. and 11. I mean, that's second in the AL East. I'm pretty sure it's the same record as your Mets over there. 13-11, they played one last game. You're right. But the Mets also have played a very tough schedule. They not I don't want to say very tough, but they played a tough schedule. I mean, yeah, the NL East is a better division this year. Uh, I mean, with the Red Sox, disappointment. The only team right now that's good is the Rays. But... I mean, it's still at the beginning of the year. A lot of shit can happen. Um, but again, when the Yankees better to get hurt in the beginning of the year than yeah, you know, then when, when it's when you need postseason. Count. That's what's gonna say. I feel like come end June, early July, if the Yankees have a near five hundred record, they'll be fine. Especially in such a weak AL American League, they can definitely sneak a wild card spot. Because the Indians are gonna win the AL Central. I think there's no doubt in my mind. AL West, the Mariners are going to fall off, and no team other than the Astros, who's obviously going to win that division, is staying there. And, I mean, the AL East is the only division where there's three teams that are, could be division winners. The Rays, Yankees, and Red Sox, those are three teams that are de- very capable of winning that division. Um, and honestly, the other two might might as well just be in the wild card, because the AL Central doesn't have good teams, the AL West doesn't have good teams, and the only reason why the Rays weren't in the playoffs last year was because the... Um, the Athletics had an insane breakout year, which I don't think they're going to... I think it was kind of a fluke. However, never know. They do have some good players. They have Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. They have a great bullpen. They have uh, Chris Davis, who's a great power hitter. However, I just don't think that they're going to be able to elevate the team the way they did last year. I kind of think it's somewhat a fluke. I still can see them winning over... Um, being over 500, winning like 85 to 87 I games. I think they can go 500 without a doubt. Yeah. I think that's a very reasonable guess or estimate for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, guesstimation. Seattle right now is 17-11, which is the best record in the American League behind the Tampa Bay Rays. But again, I just don't see them keeping it up. And I feel like they're just off to a hot streak. They were off to a hot streak last year and they kind of toned down a lot. I mean, they weren't. They didn't start as hot as hot as they were this year, but I, I don't. I don't see them keeping it up. I still. I see them going on a major losing streak. Actually, it's already starting now. In their last ten games, they're four and six. Uh, the Yankees in their last ten games are eight and two, and that's with all their minor league players. And so I'm not worried about it, especially since a lot of our starters are pitching well. Our bullpen's kind of lackluster, as we gave up eleven unanswered runs yesterday after being up four zero. So they went eleven and two, or what was it? eleven and something their last couple games. Eight and two. Eight and two. Yeah, yeah. Eight and two. I mean, have you paid attention much their last eight games? Oh no, trust me, it's not the best teams. It is not the best. I mean, it's far. the Angels who, the Angels, other than Trout and Royals and Sox. I mean, uh, and division 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 United. games are division games can go either way. No matter, unless like, I mean, when you lose Sox a series to the Orioles, a sweep against any team in any series is good, honestly, in my opinion. But yeah, we play the Royals, who again is not the greatest team, and by that I mean the worst team, yeah. literally. Uh, Boston's eleven and fifteen, which I'm still shocked they're doing that bad. Um, the Mets have played the Nationals twice, Marlins, 
see. They they played the Twins. I, by twice I mean like two series already. Mm-hmm. And let's see. They I'm pretty sure they sp- they pretty much split it at this point. They played Twins too, right? Oh, you twins, said Twins, yeah. Twins, Braves, Phillies, Cardinals, Phillies again, and they play the Brewers now. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's a pretty freaking loaded easy like start of the season. It's Mets definitely got kind of tough road, but. They're showing they can hang with the lead that they yeah. can play. No, they can. They definitely can. They, especially if Pete Alonso keeps up this pace of play. Baseball's the next big thing. Yeah, um, I can definitely see it. He has he has the bats. He has the power of players like Judge and Stan. He he hits the ball at like 115, 120 miles per hour, like those two do. He and he has the potential to hit some bombs. And what was it? I saw that Zach Wheeler was like the first pitcher. It either ever or like in a while to hit throw the ball 100, 100 miles, miles per hour and, and then, then hit, hit the ball 100 miles per hour. hour. I saw that too. Also, it's the first time in a very long time that three pitchers for the Mets have hit home runs in the first like 25 games of the season. DeGrom, Wheeler, and... Uh, was it a starter? Or? I think it was Vargas. Oh, Vargas, okay. I'm a real shocker there. <laughs> can't pitch when he can hit. <laughs> um... What was I gonna say? There was another news. Was, oh, um, another person I wanted to bring up is having a tremendous start to his season, Christian Yelich, who's just unbelievable. Has 13 home runs, and, and they are all at home, which is actually pretty funny. Um, but he's off to an insane start this year. He's batting over 400. He has 13 home runs, 326. Um, I I don't know if it's still really this. This is something I want to discuss. I don't know if it's still like you need a bigger sample size. Do you think, obviously, Mike Trout's the best player in the MLB? I don't think there's any dispute of that. But do you think Yelich has an argument for being the next best player in the MLB? Yeah, easily. Yelich has kind of shown that he has. Yeah. You know, at least to be up there in the talks. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I mean, before this, I'd say Mookie Betts. However, with his slump and Yelich coming up, even after winning the MVP and playing just as well this year, I think he definitely deserves it. Deserves to be talked about at least. Yeah. Um, one thing I hate to seeing, I see it all over Twitter. People think people make say that Cody Bellinger is better than Yelich. I mean, yes, he's having a great start to his the year. However, I mean Yelich has done this last year too, and this year. But Bellinger has like it's been a month of the season, and, and, and it's closer to not being a month than it is to being. I think it's actually a little bit less than a whole month. And yes, Bellinger's hitting over four hundred, and he has twelve home runs. But Bellinger's very good. But I mean. Yelich is being consistent. Yeah, he's been consistent the entire. He because like Bellinger's that type of guy who will go off for a month. Yeah, and he, like kind of like Judge. His Fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, kind of like kind of like Judge will do that. Um, actually, he's becoming. He's not like putting up as insane numbers as he was, but I mean now he's hurt. But he'll hit like 280, 300, hit a few home runs. But he's at least consistent now throughout the entire season. However, guys like Cody Bellinger, he'll hit an insane number and then he'll just go on a complete slump. And it's just 15 minutes of fame right now. And, and, I mean, May, and I think month of May, you'll see Bellinger's average drop to around 280, and you'll just be like three for his last 50 or something like that. He'll not have a good second month of the season. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he puts up an insane year. But I, I don't think I will be. I don't think that. I mean, yeah, just going to easily out-compete him in the long run. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to the talks, yeah, Cody Bellinger is going to get talked about from the beginning of the season, but what's he going to do from here on out? Mm. Yeah, which I can see being more consistent for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. Now, a player that a lot of people never really talk about when talking about some of the best hitters in the league, I want to bring up is Anthony Rendon. And I don't think he's like top five, top ten, but I think he's very underrated and very slept on. Um, where's the season? So if we look back at his last, we'll go three seasons. So he he hit three hundred one and three hundred eight. In 2017-2018. Right now he's batting 371 with six home runs, which isn't the most, but it's a good amount for the start of the year. That's on pace for like 25-30 home runs. And in 2017-18, and 18, he had 25 and 24 home runs. This is a guy that will hit, hit 300 a year, and he'll hit 25 home runs and knock in about 100 RBIs. And I feel like that's the type of guy, especially that I would want on my team. I would have to see what his stats are like. I would I would want to like this is just kind of like his broad stats I would like to see what his stats would be like um in like 
on base, like when with runners in scoring position, stuff like that. But I, I mean, with the amount of RBIs he has, and with only 25 home runs, I feel like he's a good hitter with runners in scoring position. Like, kind of shows that he's able to knock in the runs. And um, his OPS for both years is over 900. Right now, it's at over a thousand because he's off to another tremendous start. His batting average is north of 370. And this is just a guy, Anthony Rendon, who was kind of always overshadowed by Bryce Harper. However, the past two years, he was the best hitter on the Nationals, not Bryce Harper. And it's just nice. And I feel like now that he's actually gone, he's finally getting kind he's of gonna get his recognition. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, like we'll go with that. But I mean, if we're talking best hitters, I'm talking about Chris Davis, and that is Chris Davis with a K. <laughs> Consistency. 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 Is key. We're talking about, you know, Christian Yelich. Is he going to be consistent with this? Cody Bellinger will he be, like, remain consistent? Yeah, who's going to be consistent? Chris Davis, that's a lock. You can throw a house on him batting a two four seven. I mean, right um, now he's at two. Look. No. Yeah, his career? Look at his, his career, career average right now is two forty seven. That's insane. Right now he's batting what, a two four two? He's batting two thirty two right now. Two thirty two. So he's got some work. But... 2018, 17, 16, and 15, he batted 247. His entire career. That's insane. In 2014, he batted 244. Yeah, that was like you know black sheep. We don't have to talk about that year. That, that's his bad year. Yeah, that's insane. Like honestly, it, it Chris Davis, if he hit 350. I'd be more impressed if he hit 247. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about 350. Yeah, no. 247. He can hit 350 and a 500 home runs, and I'd rather see him bat 247 with 100. Um, he's bad enough to have fun playing the sport, but he's good enough to make himself, you know. He's consistent. Chris Davis with the yeah, K. Yeah, consistent, I guess, would be the word. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look at other players, see if there's anyone worth talking about. I guess we'll look at it. We'll just, I'll just look at the injury list, see if like yeah, any, yeah. there's any huge injuries we can go over. I mean, aside Other from, than every single person on the Yankees. Yeah, I was going to say, aside from the team, I'm injured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should really just change their name to that at this point. We'll wait. wait, wait. I mean, the Mets didn't do it, so we're not going to do it either. Yeah, I guess I didn't have 13 guys on the I.L. at one point. That's true. That's all right. We're still, winning. We're still winning the World Series. Still going to win the World Series. We, we'll be back and healthy by July, and we'll be we'll win 50 games in a row. I think, you know, Team I'm Injured kind of, like, rolls off the top. I kind of want to see, like... Like, look, you see, like, there's four or five. Look, there's, like, four guys, five guys. You just want to see the block of Yankees? There it is. <laughs> There's so many. Even Clint Frazier now he's out. Um, Andahar, Batanzas, Bird, Ellsbury, Frazier, Didi. I don't know who the hell that guy is. Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge, Jordan Montgomery, Louis Severino, Giancarlo Stanton, Troy Tulowitzki. Oh man, Jordan Montgomery's on the sixty day. Didi's on the sixty day. Good amount around the time. I mean, dewback. I mean, look at the dewbacks. Yeah, they're like they're early decent. May, June, like May, hundreds. early May, June, June, possibly May. That. Late May, possibly June, possibly or that's July. Ew, uh, possibly July for Severino. That's like the only like major injury right now is um, Severino, who has a right rotator cuff inflammation. I mean, I'd be worried about that's not good. Judges, oblique. It is an oblique. It's all it is. It was an oblique strain. Six to eight weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's that's pretty bad. It's a long time, but especially because that's it's a very common MOB injury though. Yeah. Like it's a, it's so like it. I'm not worried about him coming back and, like, playing poorly because it's, like, common. And I feel like he'll come back at 100%. Like the, here's my thing behind it. I think he's going to come back early, and that's just going to mess it up. Yeah, that's – that would be – if he comes – I'd rather have him back, back at 100%. No mm -hmm. Yeah, he'll probably – that might be – Because he, he enjoys idea. playing. I mm -hmm. think he hates being in the clubhouse. Yeah. I think, I, think I mean, he has a lot of friends to be in the clubhouse with, so yeah, he might like it. Honestly. Lineup there, but, I mean, when all these guys start going back after 10 days – He's like, oh shit, it's getting pretty lonely in here. Mm -hmm. But um, I think he's gonna come back too early, and he's gonna fuck himself up even more. Yeah. Um, so any Yankee fans watching or listening, I get, I'm, I, I would expect the next two people to come back being Stanton, who is not the player he was in 2017. 2017, however, he's still a great power threat. Hopefully, he comes back with a vengeance. She she should be back soon, along with Andahar, who I was really nervous being out for the year because he had a small labrum tear. However, it's like really small, so apparently it's gonna heal on itself. Baby labrum tear. Yeah. Good enough to go on the IL. Um, yeah. Look, like I mean, the next highest is the Rangers with like seven, and they're like probably they're like a whole bunch of crappy guys. Oh, the Pirates have a lot too. Pirates honestly, have a lot. Apparently. No, but like, 
Padres too. Oh, they, some teams do have a lot, but the J- Yankees just put everyone to shame. Has Cespedes is, is out for the season? Yeah. Wasn't he out for like last season too for a long lot of it? No, he got hurt last season. Oh, uh, okay. Possibly, see, like, oh, heel surgery, yeah. 19, 2019. You know who else had heel surgery? Troy Tulowitzki. Never seen him after. Never seen him after. <laughs> Mike Clevenger. That I sucks, like Mike Clevenger. He's He was really good. I'm um, a big fan of you. I'd like to see him back. Yeah. No, I, I would too. I mean, he was he was a great player. He was a great fielder. Dinger arm. He was yeah. a great he was great to have on the team. Um, good see, right now I'm just looking at injuries, so I guess this is a good time. Oh, Otani, Angels obviously. Angels got a good amount, too, actually. Angels do. But, I mean, it's also the Angels. Honestly, these are some good guys. Yeah, but... Kozar. It's good guys for Otani. Angels. Yeah. Justin Upton. Like, these guys, none of these guys would start in the Yankees. Well, now they would. Yeah, now they would. I was about to say, <laughs> more cheesy words wisely. Yeah. All right, so... Honestly, that's pretty much everything. Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, again, I don't even know what to say. Uh, if you want... To follow us on Twitter, please feel free to. You can DM us any questions you want, any questions you like. We'll get to them on the podcast. If you want to follow us, our Twitter is at 365sportspod. That's 365sportspod. And, again, DM us whatever you want. You can also um, DM us. We also post polls. Uh, We tweet about sports all the time. So, please give us a follow. Whenever we say, oh, new video coming out, whenever, DM us any questions. Feel free to DM us any question you want. We'll definitely cover it on the episode. Um, Again, though, thank you for listening. And signing off. Signing off. Toodles. Yeah.